Greetings and salutations. Hello and welcome to this edition of Everyday Ignatian. We always begin each episode by reciting a prayer called the Angelus. If you are not familiar with the Angelus, that is okay, because I have included the link in the show notes. So if you haven't done so already, I invite you to go into those show notes and open up that link so that we can pray together. Thank you again for joining us and enjoy the episode. God bless you all. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The angel of the Lord declared unto Mary, and she conceived of the Holy Ghost. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Be it done unto me according to thy word. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And the word was made flesh, and dwelt among us. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Pray for us, O Holy Mother of God, that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. Let us pray. Pour forth, we beseech thee, O Lord, thy grace into our hearts, that we, to whom the incarnation of Christ thy Son was made known by the message of an angel, may be brought, by his passion and cross, to the glory of his resurrection. Through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Sacred Heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. All holy angels, pray for us. Society of Jesus, pray for us. Jesus, meek and humble of heart, make our hearts like unto thy heart. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Greetings and salutations, everyone. Welcome to today's episode. Today is the final Friday, the fifth Friday of the month of June. And this whole month, we have been celebrating, of course, the Sacred Heart. We have spoken about what the Sacred Heart Devotion is. We've do- we dove into the history of the Sacred Heart Devotion. We actually celebrated the Feast of the Sacred Heart uh, about two weeks ago. Last week, we tied in the Sacred Heart and St. Aloysius Gonzaga and how the two are related. And today, we wrap up our month-long celebration, because all good things must come to an end, by speaking about um, our Lord and how his heart was pierced by the lance. Of course, this being the fifth Friday of the Sacred Heart Month, it's only fitting that we talk about the fifth wound uh, in the sacred, uh, of our Lord, which is, of course, in his heart, his most pierced heart. And I want to begin by speaking about the account as it appears in the Gospels. This is St. John's account. He says this, and as a tradition here, um, I will always begin by, since it's, it is the Gospels, I will be reciting it in Latin and then reciting it again in English. But uh, St. John writes this, quote, Ad Jesum autem convenisent und viderunt eum iam mortum non fred. Fregerunt eos crura, sed unos 
Militum Lancea Latus Eius Aperuit, et, con, et continuo ex, exivit sanguis et aqua. In English, but after they were come to Jesus, when they saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. But one of the soldiers with a spear opened his side, and immediately there came out blood and water. Unquote. And that is again the gospel according to St. John, chapter 19, verse 33 through verse 34. Now, what do we have here? Well, according to St. John's gospel, um, a centurion, specifically uh, who the church identifies as St. Longinus, uh, pierced our blessed Lord to make sure he was dead, upon which, after he pierced him, blood and water poured out from his side. It's a powerful scene, and it also serves kind of as the genesis to a sister devotion to the Sacred Heart, and that is uh, the Divine Mercy devotion. Uh, the two are very much related. Um, and it's a scene that really proves the, the humanity of Christ, remembering, of course, the Council of Nicaea, who uh, proclaimed that God is both, Jesus Christ is both fully God and fully man. But more to it, it also illustrates something else, something more potent in our lives, especially in these horrible times. I don't think I need to remind us all about what June to our secular world is, uh, something altogether different. Uh, but it also illustrates, nevertheless, something else, and that is the fact that our Lord suffered. Now, what is suffering? Well, to fully understand what it is, we need to understand ourselves. Who are we as human beings? Well, we have a dual fatherhood. Most of us in this world, you think well, we have one father, and that's true, we do. But we, in the spiritual sense, have two fathers. We are children of God, and we are children of Adam. And this would be kind of the common theme here, right? The children of God, and we are also children of Adam. As a result of being children of Adam, we inherit his original sin, the original sin of Adam, an original sin that has bent and twisted us out of spiritual shape. See, uh, the great G.K. Chesterton, um, who I pray God becomes a saint one day, they're trying to get a cause of canonization up for him. Uh, but he says this, quote, Suffering has been stronger than, any, uh, than all other teaching. It has taught me to understand what your, heart, what your heart used to be. I have been bent and broken, but, but I hope into a better shape, unquote. And that is, again, the great Gilbert Keith Chesterton. And Chesterton kind of echoes the sentiments of St. Ignatius, who, if you remember, St. Ignatius dedicates the entire first week of his exercises to this understanding of sinfulness and the role sin plays in our lives. But at the same time, St. Ignatius also provides us with the hope in that first week. I want to go back to what I just said a few moments ago. We are both children of God and children of Adam. According to Ignatius, if original sin can twist us out of spiritual shape, then the divine majesty, God himself, can twist us back. In his exercises, this is week one, Ignatius writes this, quote, Exclaim of wonder with deep feeling, going through all creatures, how they have left me in life and preserved me in it. The angels, how, though they are the sword of divine justice, they have endured me and guarded me and prayed for me. The saints, how they have been engaged in interceding and praying for me. In the heavens, sun, moon, stars, and elements, fruit, birds, fishes, and animals, and the earth, how it has not opened up, opened to swallow me up, creating new hells to suffer in them forever. Unquote. That's again from the first week of the exercises. Ignatius goes on. This is again first week. Quote, 
pray that he get me grace for three things. First, that I may fear, feel an interior knowledge of my sins and the hatred of them. Second, that I may feel the disorder of my actions, so that hating them, I may correct myself and put myself in order. Third, to acknowledge of the world, to, to ask knowledge of the world, in order that, hating it, I may put away from me worldly and vain things. Unquote. And that is again St. Ignatius of Loyola in the first week of his exercises. And we see, again, this kind of theme of how we've been kind of twisted out of shape through the original sin, and now we have to be twisted back. And it's not easy, and, that, and that's not easy to do, right? Because our own wills, our own desires, our own passions and emotions, to quote St. Thomas Aquinas, uh, which were corrupted by original sin, are now fixated on the things of this world. Again, drawing from Aquinas, he speaks of four great evils that we are, dare say, obsessed over in this world. Wealth pleasure, power, and honor. And so the two kind of duke it out in this kind of a battle, right? The divine will and our own will kind of duke it out in this kind of a grappling match. And that grappling match served as the genesis of the exercises, which again are the, is the backbone of this Christian spirituality. But in, but in addition to that, it's also the underlying theme of the entire spiritual life altogether, when that we as Ignatians especially are called to uh, called to, uh, in, called to engage in, in a very particular way. Well, there's another reason why um, we must uh, lean into the suffering, um, uh, lean into this and accept the suffering and embrace it. And that's because our Lord himself did it. Remember those words uh, at his, uh, the Last Supper, do this in memory of me. So too, in memory of him, we not only celebrate the Eucharist, which that quote is used in the Eucharist as well, uh, but we also embrace our sufferings as well. The Baltimore Catechism, uh, Lesson 8, uh, says this, quote, By suffering so much, Christ showed his great love for us, unquote. That's a beautiful thought, is it not? The idea that it is in his suffering that he showed his great love for us. And that theme of the divine love, the love of the divine majesty, really has been the, the theme of this month, has it not? So, uh, by, but, but getting our spiritual lives twisted back into shape, you know, that, that's, that's really what is not, again, it's not just simply for our own sake, in the sense that we become better people, but it's also, the, it, uh, but it's also to unite us to the heart of the divine love, uh, of divine love itself. One of my favorite quotations, um, again, from the scriptures, comes from the blessed, the blessed Virgin Mary. The last words we ever have recorded of her come, again, from John's Gospel, uh, the second chapter. He sa she says this, quote, quote, cumque dixerit vobis facite, in English, do whatever he tells you, unquote. Now, if that sounds familiar, they should, <laughs> because that's our model here at Everyday Ignatian, quote, cumque dixerit vobis Facite, do whatever he tells you. But I want to focus really on a very, in a very particular matter, the tone of voice that Our Lady uses. This is a, the last words we have recorded of hers in the scriptures are a directive. She's telling us to do something. Notice what she does not say here. She does not say that we should do whatever he tells us, or that we ought to do whatever he tells us, or that it would be best to do whatever he tells us, or I recommend that you whatever, or maybe possibly if you have the time. No, it's a directive. She simply says, do. 
do whatever he tells you. And then in many respects, that first line, the fact that that first word really encapsulates this entire month. We, as Ignatians, are called to unite ourselves to the heart of love himself. And as Ignatians, again, we do that not with our lips, but with our hands. We pray by doing, offering up our work, offering up our sufferings, to unite ourselves to the heart of love himself. And that is a beautiful thing. And because it is, it is by uniting ourselves and in uniting ourselves to, to our Lord that we ourselves are made like him. You hear me, you've heard me say this for a month now. Pray that we, our hearts, may be made like his heart. That's been the common theme, one of the common themes of this month. Well, that happens through twisting ourselves back in cooperation with God's grace into the holy men and women he, uh, we were made in the first place prior to the fall of Adam. So let's thank God for that suffering and embrace it wholeheartedly. Pray that not only that we, through that suffering, we ourselves can be more like Christ. Again, twisting ourselves back, uh, twisting ourselves back, as I've said through this episode, but also in a very real way, do uh, embrace the suffering because that is what our Lord wants us to do. Remembering the words of Our Lady, quod cumque dixerit vobis facite, do, directive, whatever he tells you. So, Sacred Heart of Jesus, have mercy on us indeed. And that concludes this episode of Everyday Ignatian. I want to thank each and every one of you for joining us today. A few announcements before we close. Again, this is the last Friday in June. So, today we officially wrap up our, um, our series on the, on the Sacred Heart. And next month, in particular, uh, we're going to be diving into the Feast of St. Ignatius of Loyola. That will be uh, next month we celebrate the, the Feast of St. Ignatius on the 31st, which is a Monday. And so we are going to be reviving something. We have not done this in a while, uh, but it's high time that we do, especially given that his feast is coming up. We're going to be reviving uh, one of my favorite segments here at Everyday Ignatian, and that is Ignatian 101. Uh, we talk a lot about, in general, how to live an Ignatian lifestyle here, right? Uh, but really, we don't get into the nitty-gritty. We talk very broadly about charisms and saints and traditions and all that's true. But what's the nitty-gritty? What does an Ignatian lifestyle look like? How can we, as regular average Joe, average day, average day people, uh, pray like an Ignatian and be in like Ignatian? So we're going to be starting a mini-series on that uh, next week. Uh, that will be next week, Friday. We always publish on Fridays. And we're diving into how we can pray like Ignatians in the morning, pray like an Ignatian in the afternoon, and pray like an Ignatian in the evening in a way that all of us, no matter if you're a, a, a priest or the Pope or a pauper or just the average Joe uh, at Mass on Sunday, all of us can take part uh, in a way, uh, can take part in that Ignatian spirituality. Because again, this is everyday Ignatian for a reason. And that uh, begins next week, Friday at, uh, that begins next week, Friday. And we always publish on Fridays. Uh, so if you want to learn more about what it means to be at Ignatian and dive into our upcoming Ignatian 101 series, I invite you to visit us at everydayignatian.com every Friday so that we uh, can, so that we can take part in this together. So thank you all once again for joining us. Please pray for me and I will pray for you and have a blessed day. God bless you all. Thank you again for joining us for this edition of Everyday Ignatian. We always close each episode by reciting a prayer called the Sushipe, 
It was written by St. Ignatius of Loyola himself, five centuries ago. If you are not familiar with the Sushi Pei, that is okay, because I have included the link in the show notes. If you have not done so already, I invite you to go into the show notes and open up the link so that we can pray together. Thank you again for joining us, and remember, quodcumque dixerit vobis facite. Do whatever he tells you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Take, Lord, and receive all my liberty, my memory, my understanding, and my entire will, all that I have and possess. You have given all to me. To you, O Lord, now I return it. All is yours. Dispose of me wholly according to your will. Give me only your love and your grace, for this is enough for me. Amen. Sacred Heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. All holy angels, pray for us. Society of Jesus, pray for us. Jesus, meek and humble of heart, make our hearts like unto thy heart. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The Act of Reparation to the Sacred Heart of Jesus Partial Indulgence Plenary Indulgence, if recited publicly, on the Feast of the Most Sacred Heart In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. O sweet Jesus, whose overflowing charity for men is requited by so much forgetfulness, negligence, and contempt, behold us prostrate before thine altar, eager to repair by a special act of homage the cruel indifference and injuries to which thy loving heart is everywhere subject. Mindful, alas, that we ourselves have had a share in such great indignities, which we now deplore from the depths of our hearts, we humbly ask thy pardon, and declare our readiness to atone by voluntary expiation, not only for our own personal offenses, but also for the sins of those who, straying far from the path of salvation, refuse in their obstinate infidelity to follow thee, their shepherd and leader, or, renouncing the vows of their baptism, have cast off the sweet yoke of thy law. We are now resolved to expiate each and every deplorable outrage committed against thee. We are determined to make amends for the manifold offenses against Christian modesty and unbecoming dress and behavior, for all the foul seductions laid to ensnare the feet of the innocent, for the frequent violation of Sundays and holidays, and for the shocking blasphemies uttered against thee and thy saints. We wish also to make amends for the insults to which thy vicar on earth and thy priests are subjected, for the profanation, by conscious neglect or terrible acts of sacrilege, of the very sacrament of thy divine love, and lastly, for the public cries of nations who resist the rights and teaching authority of the Church which thou hast founded. Would, O divine Jesus, we were able to watch away such abominations with our blood. We now offer, in reparation for these violations of, the, of thy divine honor, the satisfaction thou didst once make to thine eternal Father on the cross, and which thou dost continue to renew daily on our altars. We offer it in union with the acts of atonement of thy Virgin Mother, and all the saints, and of, all, and of the pious faithful on earth. And we sincerely promise to make recompense, as far as we can, with the help of thy grace, for all neglect of thy great love 
and for the sins we and others have committed in the past. Henceforth, we will live a life of unwavering faith, of purity of conduct, of perfect observance of the precepts of the gospel, and especially that of charity. We promise, to the best of our power, to prevent others from offending thee, and to bring as many as possible to follow thee. O loving Jesus, through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary, our model and reparation, deign to receive the voluntary offering we make of this act of expiation, and by the crowning gift of perseverance, keep us faithful unto death in our duty and the allegiance we owe to thee, so that we may all one day come to that happy home, where thou with the Father and the Holy Ghost livest and reignest God, world without end. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.